All right. Good day. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. So, as usual, we're bringing on yet another new guest co-host. I will never run out of this. I, I think it is truly inevitable uh, to never run out of guest co-hosts. Uh, the gentleman today I'm bringing on, we might go a little bit more towards the business side of our health business lifestyle balance. Your longtime listeners know I am passionate about teaching people the importance of health and a healthy lifestyle to succeed in business, uh, whether it be entrepreneurship or a uh, corporate career or whatever you may choose to do. Um, but another big influencing component of success that I've learned over the years from great mentors, great coaches, and obviously my clients is the importance of communication. Hint, hint. That might be the theme of today and a little bit more. So, uh, this gentleman's got a bit of a background. Uh, I like how he refers to the C-suite. I like to call it the CEIOs, just for fun. Uh, but he and I both know our way around that market and how to communicate. And you might learn a little bit about that. I think this is very, very important today because a lot of people make communication very complex. And most of the business I've, see, I've seen fail uh, and or be able to fully turn themselves around are the ones that actually understand the importance of putting communication first, getting uh, those bridges in place over those rivers, over those canyons, get those people across, get them communicating better, uh, improving your systems, your methodologies. It doesn't matter if it's C-suite or not. Uh, so without further ado, Gary Ross, sir, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great so, to be here. I like how you go C-suite. I think that's been common with the, I'm a sales and marketing consultant and professional. I have my own company. And uh, I think the C-suite thing has become very popular. It's, it's, uh, I think it definitely targets that audience very, very well for people hearing that. That's why I just have fun with that. I say CEIOs. Um, but once you get comfortable communicating, let's just start right off with that. You get comfortable with that. It's a, it's a game changer. I remember years back when I finally realized that they're, they put their pants on the same way, right? They're using the, 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 the bathroom facilities the same way, I would hope. Uh, and <laughs> you realize the only difference here is, one, they've earned that way into a different position. Hopefully, they've earned that way into that position. Um, and they've, 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 they've cut enough sweat equity in life and in business to reach where they're at. How do you like to help people understand this whole C-suite level communication? Can it be that simple? Yeah, with with the good members of the C-suite, absolutely, okay. and and that's the way that I uh, that I have found that works for me, and I've seen other people do it well too. Is is to differentiate yourself in communicating with the with the C-suite, and the way to do that is exactly what you were just saying, is is to remember they're people too. They have they 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 go out. They have a, a weekend like like everybody else does. Now it may be on a yacht or a private jet or whatever, or it could be a family barbecue like everybody, like everybody else has. And then on Monday they come back in and they're ready to go back to work and nobody, because people are intimidated because people think, Ooh, you know, C-suite they're, they're, uh, they're kind of unapproachable. Uh, nobody, nobody asks them, how was your weekend? Hmm. And I have, I've found that just asking simple questions like that distinguishes yourself in the minds of of those folks because they like to talk about their their weekend and be spoken to like a, a human being. It can be lonely at the top. So when they're treated like a like a human being, you you wind up distinguishing yourself and then you become somebody that they like to talk to. Hmm. And then so when you're in a meeting about you know, my expertise would be communication or, you know, your expertise is finance or legal or whatever. When you're in a meeting there about, about that and uh, all of a sudden, and, but, and they're confident in talking to you all of a sudden you might realize, well, we're not talking about my stuff anymore. We're not, we're not talking about finance. We're not talking about legal. We're talking about other things. We're talking about things that are, that are on the mind of this executive about running the company day to day, because they see you as somebody who, is approachable who can speak to them like nobody else will will speak with them and and that is, that can help you be that that trusted advisor you know we talk a lot about having a, a seat at the table so to speak and that's that's an important thing to to have I like I like to say yeah it's good to have a seat at the table but I think you also want the seat across the desk. Mm. 
where you're in that one-on-one meeting with the CEO or or another executive and you may you may have an agenda item but then the issue migrates into some other things that this person is also interested about and they're seeking out your opinion I, and I love where that's going where that's where the value comes in it's uh, emphasis on value oh, okay Let, let's let's pause on that word people forget we we're all guilty of this by the way it's not, i'm not generalizing others i've been there i've been through the trenches I've worked my way up in the telecom world. I was in call centers answering phone calls before. I was coaching people, training people, developing people, leading them, et cetera. This is, God, when did I finally stop that? 2006. So I had already had two different companies under my belt. I started young. I was like 21, working my way up, clawing my way. And, uh, yeah, you, you put the cart ahead of the horse many times or you realize that, to your point, right, what happened to good old casual conversation? I got to tell you, later this week, I'll be in northern New Jersey for a COO level meeting, uh, consulting on some uh, product lines for my client. I, I, so I, I basically, I have this wealth of CEO relationships and I go in. And I'll tell you, if it's an hour long committed meeting, it might only go 45. I don't like to go a full hour unless we're just having a good spirited getting to know you or catching up meeting. I've had... My clients sit in on these meetings and she has to bite her tongue because she keeps trying to bring it back to business. And I just I'm like, listen, we're chilling out. It's like, let's, can we, can we just have 10 to 15 minutes to actually relax and, and, and build a relationship? Especially if I already built these relationships because then we are, I already have most of the business meeting is literally, Hey man, how was the ski trip? How was this? How was that? Blah, 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 blah. How's the kids? Yada, yada, yada. You'll be 25 to 40 minutes into the meeting and then the last five, oh yeah, I'll take a, a quarter million dollars worth of that and $100,000 worth of that. And then uh, and then we walk out and like, what just happened? I'm like, business. Right. <laughs> but, right. but we might've been talking about skiing out in Lake Tahoe or like this year, the five to 600 inches in Mammoth, California, uh, where people are literally probably have a house house weight worth of snow on top of their house's roof. Like every time I see on the news, I'm just like, yeah, it's nuts. dude, whoever built that log cabin is a genius, <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's these things, like we're laughing right now, right? Because you and I are, are co-hosting a show together and it's like, this is what we're talking about. Why do people make it all about, oh my God, I got to show respect. I got to be formal, blah, 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 blah. Like I, my one client can't understand that I, I wear jeans, I said, so? I was like, I wore suits for years. I don't want to. <laughs> I was like, I make plenty of money, and no one ever asked me why I wear jeans. And yeah. She, and, and it's like, I mean, Grant, they're nice jeans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you I'm, wearing, like I'm wearing a nice pair of leather brogues, and depending on the time of year, it's, it's a dress shirt. I, I actually, I used to be a wildland firefighter out west, so I've got this really cool actual uh, metal belt buckle that you can only earn if you've served with a crew, like fighting wildfires. Every crew has their own logo, their own belt buckle. I'm very oh, wow. proud of that. It's part of my backstory. I rock that sucker. I'm going yeah, to conferences and stuff. I'll do I'll do my my dress jeans, dress shoes, throw that belt on, and I, I hate using a full suit. So sometimes I'll just rock like the dress shirt and, and vest. But anyway, you got to develop your own style. This is where again we were, we're leading with communication, but yeah. how you dress and how comfortable you are is body behavior. That is a part of communication too. That's where I'm segueing real quick on this, well, right back to value. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that's I have I have three number one rules of communication and they're all tied for number one. That's why they're all number one. Oh nice. So, but what but one of <laughs> one of them is everything communicates. And and that's one of the things that communicates. I'll you know I'll tell you uh, kind of the converse of the story you just told me early in my career, I was too formal and stiff around the president of the company that I that I was working for. And and the time came where the person above me left and I was recommended to be promoted into that position above me. And the president uh, would not give his his blessing for that promotion. And we were trying to kind of nail down why we weren't really sure. And and I remember there there was a time where and and um but I, I always had acted just really too kind of stiff and formal around him. There was a meeting that happened. I want to, it was probably like, uh, it was like after hours, it was like six thirty, seven o'clock in the evening, one weeknight, most people had left, 
you know, the, the, the vacuum cleaners are kind of going up and down the hallway. And, and I, for whatever reason, I let my guard down in the meeting that, that we were having after hours and I made some jokes and was just a lot more relaxed and with the president and a couple other executives and the meeting ended and one of the other executives kind of grabbed me on my way out. And he said, by the way, if you had acted like, if you act like that more often, you'll get the promotion. Hmm. And and it was when I finally so let my guard like down. That's when I. <laughs> what was that? You've had you probably got stuck in your tracks right there. You're like, whoa, wait a minute, right? And and so my I it was my behavior was getting in the way of me getting a promotion because I was too stiff around there and I wouldn't I wasn't personable enough. Um, well, then of course you there was another time where people. I was yeah. 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 Then, of course, there was another <laughs> there was another time where I was interviewing for a job and the recruiter told me I wouldn't get it because I was too personable. So, I mean, it's a continuum, right? Yeah, you but, find uh, the... but, uh, let's pause on the recruiter thing. <laughs> there's good recruiters and then there's some pretty bad recruiters. OK, right. We, I know. Yeah. I know. I, 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 I look at that as kind of like a, one of the more ridiculous thing that was. Well, ever yeah, said. It's not like you're saying, hey, man, uh, maybe you need to be, you know, soften it up a little bit. And not, you're not saying become a class clown. Right. There's still right. that sweet spot of balance of professionalism and and approachability. There's the key word approachability. And that was something that I, I that's why your little quick story just now took me back. Um, so the, the last telecom I had worked with was T-Mobile. But before T-Mobile, that company, I had been acquired two times over before they became T-Mobile. It was uh, OmniPoint here on the East Coast. Then it was Western Wireless on the West Coast. Then they merged, became VoiceStream Wireless. And then VoiceStream was acquired by Deutsche Telekom from Germany and became T-Mobile. There's your quick little timeline. So a lot of growth through that. And I was passed over twice for promotion. I was already in the job. I was already leading people, coaching people, training people as an interim uh, management. Um, but I was running 30 to 50 people. Uh, and my... I had a great mentor. Uh, they became a mentor at this point in time. They said, Scott, you're not leading. You're managing. And I'm like, okay. Mm. What do you mean? I'm like, well, I think you're trying too hard to fill this, whatever you think a manager is. And I was like, oh, interesting. And, and th this this hurt at the time. This is probably back in 04, 03. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, you're trying to sell to us that you're you're the next promotion, right? Like you're going to, yes, your, your teams are doing great. They're top performing. But your people don't respect you. They said, yes, your stats and your data are definitely climbing. But what do your people say about you? And that, that made me pause in my tracks. I was like, hmm. Huh. Because I was just too worried about impressing the bosses and the powers that be. And yeah. That was that first inclining and coaching experience where I realized your actions will sell themselves. Your people will sell you right within the yep. company. And that was yep. like, whoa. So I figured we had to hit on that because I know you've got a hell of a lot of uh, guidance around that subject since. Well, yeah. Another number one rule of communication I have is, is know your audience. Hmm. And, and th there, there's a lot of versions of a lot of versions of that. There's reading the room and, and, and all of that, but, but knowing your audience, knowing what motivates people, know what, knowing what they, they care about, what you want from them, what they want from you, it helps you communicate the right thing to the right people in the right way at the right time. And that's really part, a, a huge part of communication, because if you're off saying something that people don't care about or that they should care about, but don't need to until six months from now, mm. then you're just, you're just wasting your, your effort. And when it comes time to when you need to communicate about that, they will have already tuned you out. So um, it, it's what, what you're talking about there is I think to some degree is, is, is knowing your audience. And you were at that point, it sounded like you were focused so much on looking a certain way in front of your management mm -hmm. that you you kind of didn't think that much about the audience that you needed to manage that uh or lead and that what that and that was what you were being evaluated on to begin with was was your ability to to lead that that audience uh, um, here's a fun flip on that because you're going to enjoy this little flip because then i can't wait to see where you take this then you fast forward 
right? I leave the corporate space, did some, uh, I, I worked uh, in some high level uh, IT consulting sales, uh, really built my sales career there, cut my teeth for a few years, went back to school, decided to go do a, a, another degree in psychology and marketing on nights and weekends as an adult student. So I was just hustling. I was, I was single this whole time. Uh, so, <laughs> um, then I decided, okay, finish, finish those degrees. I'm not happy in my career. I find out what wildland firefighting is. I'm like, you know what? While I'm young, why don't I take this risk? So here's where I'm going to connect it with. I show up out there. I get hired. So I, I, I can nail any interview, right? So I took all that business knowledge, convinced a superintendent of an elite hotshot crew based out of Arizona at a academy that I attended in Colorado just to network and connect over lunch to hire me. And I was already considered old. I was 31. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, yeah. So I'm already, I already have that against me. I'm old. He mm. was worried about whether or not I'd be able to absorb the communication, right? He saw my resume and he goes, you are not my typical hire. You're older. You already have your professional teeth cut, but in a different world. He said, I don't need any of that. I need, his exact quote was, I need asses and elbows. And I was like, what? He's like, because again, in that job, you're bent over digging, digging in the dirt and cutting a fire line through the mountains. I mean, it's, 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 it's just. It was a complete shift of my life. And he goes, I don't need you to lead anybody. I have people for that. You are going to be a grunt. And now, if anything, he's like, I expect you to be professional compared to like the 21-year-old kid. But that was about it. And then that rookie year, I struggled uh, because I kept trying to step up in certain areas. And then my leadership was like, yo, Scott, we get it. We know you're probably able to outwork half these guys. So just do it. He's like, we know what, we know what you're trying to do. Just just go put in the work. We'll carry that into next year, your snooky season, second year rookie snooky, and <laughs> and go from there. And wow, that was that was like probably the biggest test of my patience in my life because I wasn't sure if that was going to be my career the rest of my life as it's just an adventure, you know, to help me unplug a little bit from the corporate space. And obviously it ended up being just a short-term adventure, but it could have been the career for the rest of my life. And sure. that was a complete flip of that coin. I was like, oh man, now I'm being told to just chill and just put in the sweat equity. And that was just mind numbing as well. And how did, how did you, how did you get through it then? Do exactly what your bosses say. It's like, listen, these are your mentors. These people are career firefighters. They've been in this for, my, my superintendent had already been in for 20 years. And he says, Scott, he's like, just trust the process. He's, and I said, man, I got tired of all the corporate. I left the corporate world for a reason. I don't want the corporate paperwork, all the policies, procedures, and guidelines. And then I go and get hired by the federal government. Yeah. What do you think all that is? <laughs> <laughs> so I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. Yeah, so, you've come to the right place. <laughs> right. And you know what it is? The biggest lesson out of that, and, and I put this in my book that I put out a year and a half ago, is, is getting humble. That's what a lot of it is, too is mm -hmm. we're guilty as we're trying to cr uh, climb the ladder. And that's where I want you to hit on the communication. I'm excited by this. It's like, I already said it from the T-Mobile world too. Let your actions speak louder than words. You know, how are you leading your people or not leading your people? How are you communicating across the board? Are you coming across higher than thou? Or are you coming across humble, but yet tactile and directed, right? right. So there's, there's some, so that's why like everything I do now, like my marketing company, Keywords are strategy and execution. I geek out about that because there's a strategy here and then there's an execution on proper communication, depending on, like you said earlier, how you're reading the room, who's your audience, what's your target audience in the room, all of these variables and strategies, right? And I'm going to hand it back to you because the way I'm coming across right now, I'm making it complicated, but it doesn't need to be complicated. And that's no. experts like you exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so being strategic, absolutely about communication, because, you know, how many times have you been, whether you're in communications or not, you're at, you're at work and somebody comes to you and says, oh, I, you know, we, we need to send out an email about X, Y, Z people's minds, especially when it goes to communication, a lot of times just go to the tactic. We need an email. We need a meeting. We need a town hall. We need a video. Well, maybe you do, but there might be a better way to communicate what it is that you're that you're talking about so but but to to boil it down to the simplest the simplest piece 
regardless of whether you need to communicate to a large audience or it's a one-on-one conversation, regardless of whether or not you're talking to somebody within your organization or somebody outside the organization, like a customer, potential customer, what have you, before you enter into that communication, think about one thing. What is your objective? What is the job that you want this communication to do? What do you want to accomplish as a result of this communication? That is a huge that that is that is the one of the top things that you need to think about and a huge part of making sure that when you're talking about something you're you're staying on focus you're staying to some degree on on message but you're not going off in in six different directions yeah. and making it hard for that person to figure out what it is that you're trying to tell them so what is your objective what do you want this communication to accomplish are you trying to inform on about something? Are you trying to drive people to a certain kind of action? Are you trying to instill belief or advocacy where you want somebody to follow you along? What is your objective? And again, it applies to anything. You're going to go and sit down and chat with somebody for 10 minutes. What's your objective? You're going to do a half an hour presentation. What's your objective? You're going to have a half day meeting. What is the objective for that meeting? How many times have we gone to offsites? For a half a day or two days or or what have you, and you come out of that and you're like, what was that all about? What you know, why why were we here for all that? Largely, if that happens, it's because so nobody common. thought about nobody thought about, well, why are we here in the first place? Other than, oh, we have a meeting every six months, we better have a meeting. Mm-hmm. That's not a meeting objective. Nope. Uh, you know, you you need to if there's 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 something you need to accomplish, what is that? And that will help keep you keep you focused. So that's that's really like the one simple question that that we should all ask ourselves before any form of communication. Well, cuz I mean, I love how you focus on the objective because then there's a lot of other things. I know a part of your how you target and help people through your trainings is the importance of storytelling, right? So like one of my clients, I I train and develop and coach their sales team. And these are high level like six figure, you know, earning, you know, professionals. And Storytelling is huge in the sales world. It doesn't have to be just the sales world, but yeah. And again, I'm not talking about making up a story or fiction. We're talking about, like you're saying, okay, what's the objective of the meeting? And then what story are you going to tell to relate and connect with the people in that audience, in that room, but then stay on target because by the end of that story or sales pitch or whatever you want to call it, hopefully you hit on the original objective of why you even sat down there. Because obviously if the, if your target audience you're trying to sell to leaves the room and they're like, I don't understand. Was he trying to sell us on all three things? One thing. I don't even know where we we're going with that. That's not a productive meeting. It didn't right. go very well. You may think, Oh, right. okay. I, 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 I look at, look at all these meetings I did this week. Right. Uh, that's where they're okay. The keyword you said earlier in the, in the podcast was value, right? Well, that's not valuable to their boss uh, or Back to me as their coach and trainer and developer, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just because you locked in 25 sales meetings in a week, yeah, it sounds like it's great, but what came out of that? What was the value of it? Or is yeah. everybody lost that you spoke with? <laughs> you know, right. Did, did, did you actually give them more clutter than, than you know, consistency and clarity? That, that's not good. No. Well, having an objective will will reduce that, that clutter, but tell them a story that uh, great segue because that's my third number one rule of communication uh, is to is to tell them a story and and you know why why is that i mean go back to caveman drawings that's just the 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 natural way for humans to communicate and to relate to one another and to move one another to action and frankly it's not that tough because there's a very simple structure well there are several storytelling structures but there's one in particular that i find very useful in in the business world and it's an age-old storytelling structure that that goes back you know eons it's where are we now you answer four questions where are we now where are we going how are we going to get there and what's it going to look like when we get there four things and and so you say okay well what's my objective what do i need people to do here what let me think about my audience who are they what motivates them and and so forth and then I'm thinking, okay, how can I cast what I have to talk about here into a story using that format, answering those four questions, 
because the storytelling will evoke emotion. Stories actually change the brain chem, our brain chemistry to to buy in and to 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 have emotion and to 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 latch onto something and it enables us to be persuaded by that story. So it, it's where are we now? Where are we going? How are we going to get there? And what's it going to look like when we get there? It's it's an age old structure. Think of the Wizard of Oz. Okay, where are we now? We're stuck in Oz. Where are we going? I want to go home, so I need to get to the Wizard of Oz. How are we going to get there? We're going to follow the yellow brick road. What's it going to look like when we get there? There's no place like home. Hmm. That that emotional final end of our of our journey. Incorporated in all that are two very big characteristics of storytelling. There's always a certain degree of conflict or uncertainty, and there's always a quest of some kind, some sort of journey that we're going to take together. So let's take that journey together to this golden city on the hill. Something that example, it's Oz, but in a business context, it could be, yeah, we're we're going to do this merger and we are going to be the strongest company in our industry and we're going to blow away our competition. And you're going to be part of something special. So come on, come on along with us. Or maybe you're moving into a new office. This, what's it going to look like at the end? This is going to be the best working environment that that we've that we've got for you. We're going to be close to customers. You're going to be in a vibrant downtown area, let's say, and and it'll be a, a great place for for you to work. So, where are we now? Where are we going? How are we going to get there? What's it going to look like when we get there? If you answer those four questions, if you want to pull people along with you. Do that, and all of a sudden you'll find that they're they're paying attention, they're buying in, and and hey, they they actually might come along with you on that quest, on that journey. Well, and what you're hitting on is uh, is a great. I forget. I actually I don't forget. I know. Uh, I I learned about this methodology called the VAC method, V A K, and I don't know if you ever learned about that. I think it was from I think it was from our psychology education actually, uh, but really it it totally ties into communication. It's visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. So what we're talking about, what you're hitting on, I'm just going to tie some psychology in here is because you were talking about brain chemistry earlier, right? Is all of us, if you actually go through a, an analysis and yes, there's all these different strengths finder tests and, and personality tests and all these things you can do in the professional world. But I love the VAC one because if you find out that you and or your boss or your teammates or whoever you're doing this fun exercise with, you realize, oh, well, you know, Jenny, she's more of a visual learner. And then Johnny, well, he's more of a kinesthetic learner. He actually has to go through the motions. But yep. but but John, but 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 Jean over here, well, that's that's all auditory. All she has to do is just hang out, listen in, and she's absorbing all that information. So imagine if you're in a, a C suite level meeting and you've got eight different CEIOs in there. Well, I guarantee you. I bet somebody's going to be visual, auditory, or kinesthetic out of that group. And Absolutely. And that's going back to your storytelling. Like you're pointing on, those stories are hitting across all three of those domains in different ways. But to your point, that's a great point. right, you're just trying to bring them along for the ride. So that's that's even more important why you have to have a story because – I want, Well, I want to bring them along for my ride. Well – Right. Very good point. I have my agenda here. Right. <laughs> I have my object. I have my I'm being a little selfish here with my yep. communication. Right. Yep. I've got my objective. I've decided, hey, here's what I want to accomplish. And I want to bring them along for. Yeah. For the ride. But it's it's my ride. So they wind. They all, we all wind up in the same place. Very, That's my very well. Right? Very well said. Yeah. And I got to pause on this because I, I got to do some screen sharing here. This is there's a lot of stuff you and I are hitting on today. And now. I know you've got a top 10 rules of communication as well. Obviously, you have your, your top three, which are top number ones. Um, and then we've been hitting on all these different protocols and everything else that's understanding. Is this all stuff you have built into your core track programming? Because I'm screen sharing right now for the listeners. This will be on the YouTube feed. But if you go to plus.insidecomscommms.com, that's your brand, Inside Communications. Um, you have a nice broken out chunk here. Obviously, this is all e-learning I'm looking at right now. Yeah. Uh, but... Do you find that actually, because back to the VAC method, right? E-learning is good if you've built it out visually with video, auditory, if it's if some people want to, like, like a podcast, they want to listen to while they drive the car. Like, How are you targeting that in your training protocols here? Well, that's a good point. So first, uh, so a couple of things. So in the e-learning, we've got, it's the video, yeah, so you've got the, the visual and the audio, but then also have like little exercises that that reinforce a lot of the, the points that we talk about in the in the videos. 
But then also in each of the courses, we have these downloadable tools and, and templates that you can kind of take and, and keep. And if you want, you want to go old school, you print it out and you stick it up next to your next to your desk and you can consult it. So I, one of the things I've got um, is uh, on the corporate narrative course in there, which you may or may not have scrolled past, but uh, is is the storytelling template that I had, that I had just talked about. So you can always have that kind of pinned up there as a as a reminder. Right. That's the one. So there are um, uh, there are some resources like that in there, and yeah, we you know we do touch on on all those all those different pieces in these in these courses. I've got one client that that purchased access to four of these courses uh, for their entire company, and it's part of their e learning system. They go in and um, when when they're supposed to, they go in and they and they they do the courses, and then those downloadable tools are they can use it right away and and keep them forever. So I I think through through the design of the e-learning it does, you know, at some point touch on each of those three areas that you had talked about in terms of learning styles. But yeah, we we definitely we we touch on uh on on all these rules of communication that we had we had talked about before, knowing your audience especially as part of the communication planning and the stakeholder analysis course in there. There's a storytelling, there's a course in there on on communicating bad news. Which, uh, unfortunately, it's a part not only of communicators, but also any leader and manager needs to needs to be able to do that. So we talk about ways to do that and uh, and and some other stuff as well. So it's been fun putting those together. I've uh, I began my career in TV and radio, uh, TV and radio news and had a lot of experience of editing video and editing audio. And now here so many years later, I'm. Uh, I have my home studio and I'm putting together that e-learning and I'm back to editing the video and the audio again. And it's, uh, it's been a blast. So I, those, I think people find them as, as great resources and, and hopefully people check it out. Well, that's actually, let's pause on that last, those last couple of points you just mentioned. This is the fun of wearing different hats in life. <laughs> uh, I just had this conversation over the weekend. I was hanging out with a buddy. Uh, he came over to the new house here. I've got this man zone that I'm perfecting. The wife convinced me to buy this property because the guy, the last owner had just built a brand new metal pole barn. Uh, and she's like, look, there's your future man zone. And I was like, I actually, she, she knows her husband really well. Uh, garage Bay ones, <laughs> my, my CrossFit gym, my garage Bay two is like my ski tuning and mountain biking area. You know, I put a little Scotch bar out there. And so when the, when the, when the boys come over, like, Oh, we don't hang out in the house. We get onto the barn. <laughs> anyway, the point is we were hanging out. Very and, nice and 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 kind of oddly organized, but but okay. Oh, it's organized. Uh, oh, well, but the Scotch bar next to the CrossFit. Oh, I well, guess, you know. that, that's that's socializing. That's not in the CrossFit gym. That's in the Bay One. The Scotch bar is over in Bay Two, which is where the uh, the mountain biking shop and the ski shop is. So yeah, got it. Okay, <laughs> I try right. not to wow. drink Scotch while throwing around a barbell. Uh, right, well, okay, good. <laughs> um, you have one of those like orientation maps, like in the shopping mall, when people so they know that they're in the right. Like when they show up for the Scotch bar, they make sure it's they're not going into it's the CrossFit. Or... It's, it's, All right. it's, uh, it's, it's, again, we've only been here a year and a half. Uh, <laughs> the, the guy had just built the barn. It, it, he didn't even like frame the walls out, insulate it. So I'm like, I'm actually considering building a second studio out there because the guy had built a loft in the back. And I'm like, oh, I could put an office up there, throw a studio up there, and then we'll hang out out there too. There's nice. lots of goals on the list. The, the, yeah. point though is, the point of this is we were hanging out and he's like, oh, you framed out the barn. I'm like, yeah. Well, I had a buddy come over. We did it. He's like, you know how to frame? It's like, yeah. I spent a couple of years volunteering with Habitat for Humanity. And he's like, oh, well, I see you added some more electrical. He's like, who did that? I was like, oh, I did that too. He goes, well, how did you do that? I did that. I'm like, figured it out over the years. I've owned a couple of different homes. I've, again, Habitat for Humanity. And uh, he's like, yeah, but you've never been a contractor. I said, no. Now, some people may agree or disagree with what I do, but when I do it, people are like, wow, that's really nice work. I said, yes, I, I believe in taking that into everything I do in life. Uh, but we end up joking around, and he goes, how many hats have you worn in your life? And I started just running off since the age of 14 every job that I've ever did. And he's like, dude, I you're like the Scott of all trades. And that was just something <laughs> fun that he threw out there. I was like, well, thank you. I take that as a win. And he goes, I had no idea. And I said, well, no one ever asks. And he said, well, I've always wondered why you could pretty much talk about anything. And I said, and that's why I'm so successful. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you, when you can chill out 
relax, and not be afraid to jump into any conversation. Even if I have no clue what that person does, I'm going to listen. I'm going to adapt. I'm going to respect them and listen. Emphasis on listening, people. That's what we're talking about right now, too. And then learn from that. And then take that into my next conversation and my next meeting. And maybe it doesn't come up for six months, but I, 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 catalog, I catalog all that stuff. And I'm only 40. I'll be, 40, I'll be 46 this year. I'm, I'm young. You know, I mean, but this is something to be said. Like, I, I love how you, something you learned 10, 15 years ago, boom, full circle, comes back into existence and yeah. benefiting me either in my personal or my professional front. That's why I, I can't fathom people who have only done one thing their entire life. It kind of freaks me out. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's 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 learning from your your accomplishments and your experiences and all that, but it's also learning from your mistakes. And I and I talk a lot about in my in my training, uh, I reinforce points by by uh, often by telling about times that I've screwed up <laughs> and when I've gotten it entirely wrong. And uh, not only as a cautionary tale, but as as a as a lesson that that experience that I that I mentioned earlier about not getting about getting in the way my own way of of getting a promotion, that's uh, uh, that's that's one of those uh, that's one of those experiences. So it's a gut it's, punch. <laughs> yeah, and but but that's okay. I mean, that's what that's what makes you better. I mean, I ta- I do a class about. Like like I told you, I do a, a training course on on leading difficult conversations, and I begin the class talking about the time I was on the receiving end of a difficult conversation, hmm. and it was when I was a TV news reporter. And you, when you're a reporter, you go out every every day. It's it's usually you and a photographer, camera cameraman. And I had this was my my first um, kind of real big job out of out of college, and I had been there for several months, and I thought I was doing great and i was getting good feedback and all that and one day the executive producer called me into a a room and basically told me that none of the camera people liked working with me oh well that's a gut punch too okay no kidding Uh, well why and apparently i had i was you know not letting them be their camera the cameraman and the photographer that that and use their skills i was trying to be the reporter and too much of the photographer i needed just to be the reporter and let them do their let them do their job but they were uh they were kind of sick of me mm. and and i felt awful because i didn't want to the last thing i want to do is make anybody's life harder or anybody's job harder yeah. or be the guy that nobody wanted to work with i felt terrible i'm like well what can i do to to fix that and they gave me some they gave me some advice and after that, I went around and, you know, I apologized to folks as I was assigned to work with them. I said, look, I understand that I've been doing some things. I really didn't mean to make things harder. I'm sorry. I'll try to do better. Uh, and and it, it worked out great in the, in the long run. But I, but I talk about how that person uh, handled that difficult conversation very well. And it wound up being a gift for me. And so that was a lesson moving moving forward that that I could use to to my benefit. So, uh, you know, I'll talk a lot about my my accomplishments, probably too much. Uh, well, if you on, on, on some mean. things, and which you know, which is yeah, and and it's it's fine. But I also talk about mistakes too because other people are making mistakes, and and that's what we need to that's what we need to learn from. Well, and I think that's the fun of the professional backstory, but also a personal backstory because I think the gut punch uh, examples for, you know, are not just professional. You ever been broken up with or dating? And this all applies to the personal world too. I think those of us who cut their teeth enough repetitions, just like going to the gym, but in life, it will get easier. I think I'm a big motivational, inspirational content guy. And I think that's something, you know, I'd like to hit on here too with us is that if you put in the reps in your own free time. And, and here's my little segue for a tip, people. And again, I'm not being paid here to say this, but it's like, okay, well, Gary built out a whole bunch of training stuff. And if you had a free moment and you're afraid to communicate better and you know you got to get better at it, well, then go study some stuff. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm laughing because it's that simple, but. I travel so much on business. I don't listen to the, uh, an FM radio in my car. It's either audiobooks or podcasts. 
all the time. This was before I even launched my show. I just got to the point where I put enough reps in. I'm like, dude, I got to have my own show. <laughs> I, lo <laughs> I love talking to people like you. And it was like, but it's uh, another great colleague uh, quoted that I, I'm now using it. Windshield University. Now, granted, I'm just referencing cars. It could be airplane university too. But you choose day in and day out to allow things to come in visually, auditory, or experiencing kinesthetically, right? The back method I talk about. It is your choice. Now, granted, some things come at us that we didn't ask for. But if you can carpe diem, if you could seize the day and decide, wait a minute, I'm going to become a better communicator. Oh, my God. I mean, it is a game changer. And I'm tired of people saying, oh, that's easy for you because you're a sales professional. I'm like, everybody's a salesperson. Sorry. Yeah, am I wrong on this, Gary? No, it, no, everybody's every in sales. We're all person, in sales. Every single career. Why, why do people don't understand that statement when I, when I bring that up? Every person in your life, throughout your life, you're selling. People don't yeah. get that. Yeah. And, and no, it's, 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 it's true. And that's why communication, uh, you know, what to the ability to inform, to persuade, to influence it's, it's critical in, in everything we do in our professional lives and in our personal lives as well. And, and I, you know, I get the sense when I talk to people and in, in business that, you know, man, I wish our people could do that better. We don't do a good enough job doing that. I don't like the way my people show up in meetings or, I see some of the emails that my people send to to their clients and they, you know, they're 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 terrible. And and we've got to make that better. Well, yeah, there are ways to there are ways to make that better and to to study, but it and but it affects everything. So mm -hmm. communication and that's one of the one of the things sometimes I think that's a little tough when I when I talk to folks about what I do is that it's so broad that that I need to to whittle it down pretty quickly into the the area that I that I focus on um to be able to tell my story particularly well so um so that's another piece of it too but yeah it it affects everything and there are ways to there are ways to get better at it there's ways to get better at most most things uh, I, I definitely agree with um with what you're saying and yeah the you do enough reps hopefully you get better well and that's and now here here's the other thing it is quality over quantity too so if you want to get better quicker, that's when you work with consultants or coaches or trainers or mentors, et cetera, because they're going to, you're bringing somebody in male, female, doesn't matter that has skill sets that you may not have. And now they can direct you down that path in a more timely fashion. So well, and here's the cool taking trainings, you know, right. And well, and, but here's the cool thing about communication is that most of the time when people feel that they're not a good communicator or, that they could be communicating better. A lot of the time, it's a big part of it is a confidence thing. Mm. They don't think they're showing up right. They're not sure what they're supposed to say. They're not sure what they're allowed to say, all those sorts of things. Once you get that stuff out of the way at, at the beginning, there's a noticeable bump oh, yeah. and noticeable increase. And then you continue to work on some of these other things. But a lot of times it's it's a confidence thing. It's a little bit of a structure thing. So that's why talking about objective and talking about the, the uh, the storytelling framework and so forth is is so important because uh, people they most people have it all up here. Mm -hmm. It's just it's the confidence and the ability to organize it and structure it in the right way so that that it's effective. That's where guys like me come in and why I like doing what I do because you can make there, there's so many quick wins. You can make a difference and it just it pays off. You know. Um, exponentially what one of the things that that frustrates me is a, a lot is in the business world is is you see m a you see companies acquiring other companies mm -hmm. and let's say let's say you buy a kind other company for a hundred million dollars well what are you what are you buying you're buying their customer list you're buying maybe some inventory you're buying some expertise maybe some facilities a building a factory mm -hmm. uh but you're also buying the 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 people in a sense that or a workforce in the sense that they know their job they know the industry they have the ability to do what what it is they're doing you're buying a level of productivity when you're an acquirer you're doing your due diligence and you're saying all right here's what this company reliably has made over x period of of time so I say, okay, I put all that together and that's worth $100 million. Here's a check for $100 million. Boom, we have now bought your company. But what a lot of companies, uh, acquiring companies don't do is spend the time or make the investment 
to communicate to the people in the company being acquired mm. uh, because it's it's just it's it's uh, they, they don't think about it. Acquisitions are generally externally motivated because of an investment thesis or it makes sense for a business model. Uh, and it sometimes it takes a while or they don't even get to it at all about communicating to the employees. So then what happens? You have a group of people who a freak out. <laughs> well, right. Yeah. It hits the fan. Mm. People that they're you've ever if anybody's ever been in a company that's been acquired, you know, it can it can rock your world. Right. It's scary. It, it, there's, it's scary. There's a lot of uncertainty. So if there's no communication from the acquirer, you've got all of a sudden you have a workforce that you're relying on to produce at a certain level. They're scared. They're angry. They're confused. They have no idea what's going on. They don't know if they're going to have a job in another week or two or in a month or what have you. And then what happens to the productivity? Boom. It goes down right away. And the value, that $100 million, you, that value you just paid for, you've immediately lost value because you're, you're not producing at the, at the level that you were banking on, all because you didn't invest a tiny amount. And with the amount of money flying around in these acquisitions, it's like a rounding error oh, yeah. to, to communicate to, to these folks so that they feel that they understand what's going on, that they know how they fit into the new picture, that they can go home at night and sit at the dinner table with their families and explain to them what's going on. So they're not scared. And, and that's where it, that that's where the, the value of, of communication is for a, a relatively small amount of money. You can preserve the value of, of what you just bought in this, in this particular situation. And then you could apply that to, you know, buying a division, you could apply that to, uh, let's say you've been promoted or transferred in to lead a, a new a new division. If you don't spend the time and the resources to communicate to these folks who you're you're now leading, that value instantly drops. It's a basic fundamental. I believe it's a basic fundamental expectation. The problem is to your point, and I've seen it. I, I, I my biggest. It is a fundamental expectation, but the ball is dropped it's so dropped many times. It's time. mind-boggling. All the time. I mean, I, I um, my biggest business relationships are in the HVAC industry. I mean, this is a multi-multi-million dollar industry. Everybody wants to be comfortable in the winter and comfortable in, in the summer in their home, right? Of course. So it's not rocket science. But no. the level of money that is spent and invested, because uh, I, I work directly with the manufacturers and the distribution companies that the contractors shop at. So we're playing at a, at a bigger level. And my God, I've I've seen multiple multiple acquisitions over the or mergers in, in the past year and a half alone, and I, I I go and meet with these different people that were kept on or moved over, and it's a hot mess a year and a half later. And exactly, a, and a lot of it's like guys like you. It's 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 it's, it's verbal. <laughs> I, I I get frustrated with you. I'm like it's verbal. It's the emails. It's there's like. Guys, like you're human beings working with other human beings. We we can right. we can simplify this down to the simplicity of just right. respectful, heartwarming communication. Like that's all we're talking about here. It's like just treat that person as if you want to be treated. And make sure you do that in the email. Hey, maybe pause before hitting send, sit on it for five minutes, and then go back and reread it. And then right. uh, there's all these different lessons and processes, right? But it's like, guys, it's just it's communication. <laughs> it, it is the simplest thing, but it gets screwed up so many times. So what happens when, and then sometimes when people say, okay, we are communicating, but they're, they're really not. So here's two examples of that. One is they'll send out an email and they'll say, by having this acquisition, we are going to leverage a new paradigm to optimize new solutions for best in class uh, service Buzzwords. to the, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it doesn't mean anything. It's just, it's syllables at that point. Mm. Or you might have a, a, a note or, or a meeting or a speech that, that says, uh, here's what happened, and we have so much potential to be the leaders in our industry, and, and we're going to create great opportunity for all of you in the organization, and this is going to be great for, for you and our customers and our shareholders, and let's get out there and, and do our best and finish strong. Yeah. Okay, great. I'm on. I'm on board. Terrific. You've won me over. What do I actually do hmm. now? 
uh, nobody actually said what I'm supposed to do. Right. So I go to my manager. It's a cheerleading. And like, yeah. Right. So I go to my manager. Well, okay, I, I'm I'm sold. I I'm, I want to be part of this. What do I do? And the manager's like, uh, nobody told me. I think I'm going to a meeting in two weeks, and maybe they'll tell us then. So so what do I do? So it's it's when when you're another thing to to think about whether it's broad communication or individuals, what do you want people to think? What do you want people to feel? And what do you want people to do? Hmm. So in a, in this particular case, what do I want them to think? I want them to have the facts of what's happening. What do I want them to feel? I want them to feel excited that in this particular case, there's, there's some great opportunity ahead for all of us. I'm excited. This is a great place to work. This is the right time for me to be working here. What do they do? Well, okay. So we've got these new plans and we need, we need it. We need people to volunteer for this new team. You could, if you volunteer for this new team, you could be at the cutting edge of X, Y, Z of, of what we're doing, or, you know, we need you to, uh, we need to cut expenses in the short term so we can, you know, whatever, but being explicit and prescriptive about what we need people to do. We fall. So we fall short of that all the time in our workplace communication. So we've done the hard part. We've won people over, but it's like, well, what do I do? And and too often nobody has the answer for that. It's it's quite sad, and and the problem is, I actually have a problem, but also a win. One, the problem is going to keep existing. But <laughs> that's why I, that's why I have a, like that's you, why I have a career. It's like yeah. very, <laughs> smart man insidecoms.com uh, is like, hey, I'm pretty much uh, bulletproof in my future here because people can't pull their heads out of their own butts. <laughs> <laughs> that's why well, i have a career yes well on on that note i do we have to do have to bring the show to a close and i i just yeah. i love that you and i i knew we'd be spirited and energized on this subject <laughs> from different walks of life but we're coming to coming together on the same points simple human to human communication respecting others having objectives having strategy uh getting over those hurdles getting better at it putting in the reps all these things well if if I've asked my guest co-host for years to help bring the show to a close. Uh, but in the past year and a half, I flipped it. And I said, you know, what is some final words we'll leave behind? But what is really more of a legacy message? I've realized as I've grown my brands, launched my own charity, published a book, doing the podcast. It's like, wait a minute. What's my footprint? What, what is a legacy that I, I'm kind of putting out there to the world and since obviously you care so much about communication and you've been around the block dude like you've worked with companies like walgreens and dupont and cdw like i know i was all over your sites i was like dude i know like half these companies easily so you've been around the block sir um what would be a legacy message you'd like to leave behind that when we communicate better we can make work life and life in general better for for all of us for ourselves and for others and that's what I'm all about doing is about making a difference with good and improved communication in the workplace and in people's lives in general. Well said. I knew you would not have a problem with that. <laughs> well, listen, hang tight. I want to give you a proper goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, we talked a little bit about business, but as you probably realized, it's all about communication. This doesn't just apply to business. We said it earlier in the show. It applies to everything in life, your relationships personally, professionally, romantically. It does not matter. If you could put communication first as one of your top goals, it's it's going to change your life for the better. Uh, and I've had some great backstories. Gary had some great backstories for you today as well. So make sure you check him out at InsideComs, C-O-M-M-S for communications, InsideComs.com. The training site, though, especially I share during the show on YouTube is plus.insidecoms.com. So remember, ladies and gentlemen, we're here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. Gary definitely helped us do that today. So remember, you too could live the fuel, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. <laughs>